0: going on everyone. I am Harry Pavin, and welcome back to another episode of The H Panel, the show where we bring on guests from all different backgrounds to talk mental health. I hope all of you are having an amazing time in this confusing life that we're living in right now. Um, Just remember each day to take a little time to yourself, um, maybe do some mindfulness exercises, go for a walk, something like that, uh, you know, just to kind of ease all this pressure that's on the brain right now. I know I'm feeling it. I'm sure you guys are as well. Before I get into my guest, be sure if you're listening on podcasts um, to just give the five stars, subscribe, you know, maybe leave a review. I'd love to hear what you guys think. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, share, do all that jazz. I appreciate all the feedback and some of the, uh, you know, reception that these videos have been getting. So for this episode of the podcast, I am joined by the wonderful Morgan Urso. Morgan is a 15-year-old hockey player from Illinois, and her story, while inspiring, is also an unfortunate one that kind of shows that, you know, we still have a long way to go in regard to destigmatization and mental health awareness in our society. I'll let her get into the details, but I hope you all enjoy this episode and really see the importance not only in mental health conversation, but also mental health support, especially in teammates and coaches of young athletes. Without further ado, here's Morgan Urso. Can you hear me? Yeah. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Not bad, not bad. Thank you for agreeing to do this with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course.
0: How is the? Uh, where are you? Where are you from again? California.
1: Illinois.
0: Illinois. Not even so. close. That's a fail. <laughs> um, how How's the pandemic going on down there? Like.
1: Um. It's okay. We're in school still. I go to a Catholic school, so it's like the hybrid schedule where I'm in two days a week and then I'm out two days a week. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: That's not bad. So before we get too into it, Morgan, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you grew up, why you chose hockey as a sport, stuff like that.
1: So I grew grew up, I'm growing up (laughs) in Illinois, Um, LaGrange. I live in LaGrange. I started playing hockey when I was 10. And I did this fun thing where every sport that my sister and brother played, I played because I had to be better in it than them. Right. So my brother introduced me to hockey. And just from there, I kind of stuck with it. Um, And now I'm 15. So I've been playing hockey for about five years. I've gone through one AA program and two other AAA programs. So I've been around a little bit.
0: Right on. So I guess my first question, we're going to, I want to get into your story, of course. Um, but before we get into that, I just have a couple questions. Um, so a common theme in athletes across all sports is um, this feeling of pre-race or pre-competition anxiety. And I'm sure you've experienced that as well. So what kind of tips and tricks do you personally have that work when you're dealing with these feelings? Like what kind of gets you in that zone?
1: Um, I talk about my feelings a lot. I'm very open with people. And I feel like that just helps finding like one or two people that you can really be open and honest with. Or if you can't find anyone journaling, journaling really helped me when I was in my lowest times in my depression. And then just like remembering why you're there, why you're at the rink or at the field or at the gym, just letting yourself be there for you and not for anyone else.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I've actually just started getting into journaling. I find it really helps. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I started like 10, 11 days ago, and I I tried it like a couple years ago, and I was like, no, this is stupid, but it's actually helped a lot.
1: Yeah, When when I first started journaling about a year ago in program, I would just like journal my day and just like go through it on my thoughts and what I was feeling and just like being able to look back at it even today. It's just, it's amazing how far like... I came and how far anyone can adjust and fix how they're living.
0: Yeah, definitely. It shows you the progression, which I think helps a lot. Because when you don't yeah. see it, you're like, oh, it's not happening. So yeah, for sure. my next question is the big one. Uh, what is your story? I, I've read into it, but you know, for the viewers and for everyone listening, what what is your story?
1: So uh, I was to kind of shorten it a little bit. I was really open about my mental health and how I was struggling with my teammates and my coach. And uh, I was removed from the team until I was a hundred percent, which as you know, you can't really be a hundred percent.
0: Right.
1: Even today I'm not even a hundred percent. So we kind of went through all that and just kind of knowing that what happened to me was wrong and dealing with my feelings about it, going through programs and, therapy and just figuring out why that happened to me and how I can figure out how I can change and how I can get out of my deep depression. That's kind of what my article is about mm-hmm. um, And I have some timelines here so it's a little easier nice. Um, after I was removed um, November 14th, um I talked to my coach on November 13th and I was like I'm struggling a lot I told him a lot of my details about how I had suicidal thoughts suicidal feelings tendencies self-harm kind of everything Mm -hmm. I was really personal with him and that night he was like okay great like if you need a break or if you don't want to be on the ice that's okay you can be my assistant coach and I left that meeting feeling pretty good and then the next day, my mom got a call that I was removed from the team because I was a danger to kids around me, and I was a burden that no teammate should have to carry. Wow. So, yeah.
0: That's a little excessive.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, just, um, yeah.
0: Okay, so I guess I guess my first question to that um is what should clubs and coaches that kind of may hear about this or learn about your story take into consideration moving forward with their athletes?
1: Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. There is so many resources out there. I know you can. You have a lot of YouTube videos right now. You can go on YouTube. You can go online and you can find a lot of places to educate yourselves mm-hmm. and. That's just really important because telling someone who's struggling with severe depression that they can't come back to their support system until they're a hundred percent, it just, it's not right. And it should never happen to anyone else again.
0: No, absolutely. I, I don't get that at all because when I was at my lowest point, one of the only saving graces at that point was my team, like my swim team that yeah. I was with. Like they were the people that when I was in uni, I could go to and I could reach out to lean on so I don't really know how that would have benefited anybody because most athletes use sports as like an outlet
1: of course if you're having a bad day just go to the ring go to the field go to the pool go anywhere and just like release all of that yeah so yeah
0: man okay um so my next my next question for you is um there's you've experienced it there's obviously this stigma around mental health but there's also a major one around athlete mental health um because of this idea that athletes need to be you know mentally tough and like you said 100% all the time ready to go um and if they're not then they're not considered a legit contender in their sport um I remember in swimming you know there was this uh It was like if someone had a bad mentality or like, you know, if someone was experiencing depression when I was coming up, it was never really talked about. Um, And competitors would look at them less seriously and they'd be like, oh, that guy suffers from depression. Don't worry about him. He's not going to race well. Um, That being said, to athletes who may be, you know, struggling with their inner demons because they're afraid of being open and afraid of, you know, being kicked off teams for whatever reason, uh, like you experienced... Uh, What would you want them to hear?
1: That they aren't alone. And there are some really shitty people out there right now. We're trying to end that. Um, In the end, you can't change anyone. You believe in what you want to believe in, but there's some really good people out there too. Um, And you're just never alone. I mean, even my DMs are open on Instagram and I'm sure a lot of other people's are. You can find people out there who can be your support system
0: yeah definitely um that's kind of that's the beauty with social media i'm I'm both a supporter and not of it for obvious yeah. reasons. There's a lot of stuff on there that you can't really support but uh just the accessibility i feel like is so convenient. You can just reach out to people and you know being alone is so like it's not a thing anymore it's just one click away
1: yeah.
0: I just don't think people who are struggling in silence really take that into consideration because I'm sure you experienced this as well. When I was, you know, struggling at at my lowest points, of course, I would, I was thinking like, I'm the only one going through this. I was like, no one gets what I'm going through. And obviously everyone's different, but everyone's going through something. And it's just a matter of shining light on it, like, like you're doing, um, and kind of, you know, bringing the conversation forward. And really starting to normalize the fact that, you know, everyone's got stuff. And it's okay to talk about that.
1: Yeah. There's this hashtag. It's called hashtag five and five. So you know how like one in five people are diagnosed with depression and have mental health issues. Mm -hmm. But it's actually five in five because at the end of the day, not everyone's rainbows and puppies every single day of their life. You kind of always go through some tough times in your life. And it's just battling through that and learning how to cope with different situations in your life and that's how you overcome
0: exactly exactly um you're you you got into contact with same here's uh founder tell, tell us what that was like
1: so we were refunded all of our money from the month I missed a hockey and from the start my dad was like you can do whatever you want this is your money and I want to do something good with that money kind of help educate others out there that what happened to me was wrong and that you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help because not everyone's going to be like, oh, you're kicked off the team. So my dad did a little bit of research and he found same here from Robin Leonard's, the side of his helmet. It says hashtag same here. Mm -hmm. So he did some research and we donated there. And the next day, I think Eric reached out to us and kind of asked us about my story and what had happened. And that's kind of how I met Emily and Rob Schramm and a lot of other people that
0: I'm in contact with. Awesome. Yeah, I love that community. Um, The same here community, it's it's great. And then you mentioned in the article with ESPN uh, that you experienced a tough transition when arriving at high school, uh, stating, and I'm going to paraphrase a little here, uh, I always said to myself, I just need to get to high school and everything is going to get better. But once I got there, it wasn't all that I made it out to be in my head. Realizing that, I sunk into a low place. And I kind of experienced the same situation differently i i experienced that exact thing going to university because i was struggling through high school and i thought you know what once i get to uni i'm going to figure everything out and it just didn't fan out that way uh and that's when i was kind of like oh not everything sunshine and rainbows and i sunk into my low place so that being said what would you want kids who are about to either start high school university or school at any level Ah, uh, to hear in regard to kind of mental expectations and preparation.
1: Um. Well, it I was I sunk into my depression from being disappointed. Mm. But high school for some people is really great and meeting new people. I feel like my situation and even yours was a little bit different. Um, but there's so many support people at high schools now, and you're just really never alone. Even going into new places, I feel like if I go to a new team or a new rink, I'm always nervous, but you just have to find the little good things in your life and you have to let them take you bigger places.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then kind of on the same note as a question previously, uh, a, a reason a lot of people um, are scared to kind of go to therapy and take medication or go get help for their depression or their anxiety or their mental illness Uh, is because they're scared of being viewed as insane or weak by their peers and by people who would find out. So what would you want people who have that kind of fear to hear?
1: Well, I'm on medication. I go to therapy. I was in an outpatient program. I kind of went through it all. And in the end of the day, it helped me. And if it's going to help you, I feel like you need to advocate for yourself and you need to get that. People probably stay here. They're probably going to watch this video and be like, oh my God, she's crazy. Like, what is she even talking about? But that's how I feel. And, you know, you just have to find it from within to believe in yourself and that really you're the only person who matters in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I was so scared to go to therapy. I was like, no one can find out about this. And when I took, when they were like, do you want to take medication? I was like, am I crazy? Like, is that what you're telling me right now? Mm-hmm. Which is not the case at all. Um, and it's kind of sad that that's, the stigma around right now. Um, hopefully we can change that. Yeah,
1: sure. Well, do you feel better going
0: to therapy? Oh like just yeah. Just having
1: someone that you can talk to.
0: Oh yeah. Just an outlet. You, you, you like yeah. take medication aside, just having, you know, a therapist to let everything out to, who's not going to judge you. Who's not going to, you know, like go out and be like, Hey, guess what? Well, guess what Harry or Morgan <laughs> told me, you know what I mean? It's just, it's really nice. On on that note, yeah. um, what would you? Uh, I don't I don't know if you experienced this, but when I when I went to therapy, it took me about five or six tries to really get the right therapist. And then in this, on the same note as met with medication, it took me like two or three med- medication types before I got to the right one. I don't know if you experienced the same kind of trial and error. You did, yeah. yeah so so what I would you? S- yeah. So what would you say to people who? kind of get discouraged the first time because I know when I went to therapy the first time, and this is a little story off like sidetrack here, but um, I remember I went because my girlfriend at the time said, you have to go get help. And I was like, fine, I'll go. Uh, And so I went and I waited in the waiting room for about an hour. And then they called me in and I waited half an hour in her office and had a panic attack in her office waiting for her. She was half an hour late. And so she came in, didn't acknowledge that she was late, looked at me, said, what's wrong? And I was like, man, there's like voices in my head. I'm like, I'm feeling really depressed. And she's like, here's your medication. Good luck. And then she left. And so I was like, therapy sucks. (laughs) I I I was like, that's therapy? That's not, that's not going to help me. What the fuck? Uh, so um, what would you say to people who might get like discouraged if their first time with a therapist or with medication just doesn't go as expected, like all perfect?
1: Well, I kind of think of it as if I'm starting a new job and it's just really not the right fit. I'm not kind of comfortable or having healthy relationships with the people around me in that environment. I need to get myself out of that. And it's exactly like that with a therapist. If you're not comfortable and you can't feel like you can share your best days or your worst days with that person, then you're not going to, you're not at the right place. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially with medication too. I remember I was on um, Prozac for about like three months before I was like, this is just making me have worse suicidal thoughts. Um, And I think that's such a scary thing about antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds is that a big side effect is suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Mm -hmm. So, but just for me, I would think of it as, is this actually what I want to do to myself or is this the medication talking? Right. So finding that place where you're comfortable asking yourself, is this actually me?
0: What, what needs to be further done in order to improve the mental health of athletes of all ages? Like, what are the next steps we need to take as a society?
1: I think that programs need to be put in place where kids can reach out and coaches can go to learn about what to do if a child comes up to you and says, hey, I'm actually thinking about ending my life right now and how you can take that and go to the parents, go to another support system and help that kid. Mm-hmm. Or even just like, creating environments everywhere where it's like, Hey, I know you had a bad day and I know that it sucked, but I'm here for you. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely. That's all that I think that goes over a lot of people's heads is that sometimes not all the time, but sometimes that's all the person needs is like a simple, Hey, you're going through something. I'm here for you if you need me. Because I think, I think the problem and I I can't speak for everyone, of course, but I think the problem with a lot of people when they're scared of, I don't know how to deal with it, is they think that when you come and reach out to them, you're expecting them to solve the problem. And I I, th- I think that that idea needs to go away because at the end of the day, when if we're reaching out to you, we just want, you know, someone there who gets it or who's going to sit down and go, let it out. Like, let's hear it. And I think... You know, yeah, know,
1: I feel like that's really important.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah. I feel like a coach, especially for, for a young athlete, like, m- man, my university coach, I went to her so much, the poor lady. Um, <laughs> and she she just sat there and listened to what I had to say. And sometimes like coaches need to understand that you, you don't have to have the blueprint of how to get mentally healthy. You just need to be there for your athletes. And I think, you know, moving forward, that should be the mentality. I I can't believe it's not, but it definitely should be that it's okay. I'm here for you. I'm actually kind of, I don't don't want to rip on anyone, but I'm kind of baffled that it's not yet with all the conversation going on. So that's why your story really struck a different nerve for me because I was like, this is still going on seriously. Like how how much have we been talking about everything? it's like it's great you know what we're doing it's great to talk about it it's great to spread awareness but it how how is that not sunk in for some people yet
1: right and I feel like especially with like teams and athletes it's always physical health physical health physical health Mm -hmm. like did you drink enough water did you eat enough today like how are your how's your body feeling how are your muscles feeling but something that goes along with performing your best is your mental health and at the end of the day it's mental and physical health over everything else
0: mm-hmm. yeah the the problem with mental health is that you can't see it yeah. and that kind of goes over some people's heads because they they can't see it so it must not be there um right so there's a lot of there's a lot of narratives that we've got to change especially in you know people up in that position of support it, kind of on that note when you mentioned that you know uh what did your coach say? Sorry, he you he didn't want you to be a burden to the other athletes?
1: Yeah, here let me find the email for you really quick.
0: Oh you have the email.
1: I do have the email. Oh
0: wow, okay. <laughs> oh boy.
1: Yeah. And this email actually wasn't sent to my parents. It was sent to every other kid's parents on the team besides my own. So an email about me wasn't shared with my parents.
0: Yeah, so I was I was actually gonna ask that. So they so they sent it to everyone but you, but it was about yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. That that's the yeah. right way to do it.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um,
1: so the quote from the email is: "We do know the last, and we want to see our kids upset and carrying the burden of a teammate's personal struggle." <laughs> And I read this email, right? Mm -hmm. I was already pretty low, but reading this email, I didn't feel safe going to rink anymore. And I felt like everyone was looking at me a different way because I felt like I was a burden. Because I had just been told that Mm -hmm. no one wanted to carry the burden of my struggles.
0: That might be the last word that anyone in a low point wants to hear. Because you already feel like a burden.
1: (laughs) Right, my brain was already telling me like you don't deserve to be here. And then I'm hearing my coach say like, Oh yeah, let's just put it to the
0: side. Your your brain's going, yeah, you don't deserve to be here. And your coach is like, yeah, <laughs> it's right. Like, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> like you had the, you had the strength and the courage to reach out to your coach and go, listen, I'm not feeling well. And then they go and uh, oh my God, I could go on a rant right now. I'm trying <laughs> to keep it professional. Um, <laughs> wow. That is br- Okay. That being said, what was the reception like from your family and your friends when you opened up to them?
1: After the email went out or before?
0: Uh, Let's do both.
1: Okay, so before I went to my mom, and I remember that one night, we had just seen my first therapist. I didn't end up staying with her. Um, And I came out of the shower and I was crying to my mom, and I said, I think I'm going to need a little more help than talking to someone. And for her, her biggest thing was like, I might not be all the support you need, but we have resources to help you get the support you need. Mm-hmm. So from there, um, I was placed in an outpatient program, and that's kind of how that journey started. So my family is really supportive. I have an older brother, and if you met him, you would just laugh. He's like, He's like one of those kids where it's like, oh, like, you, you're sad today? Here, let me pet you. Let me give you a hug. Maybe that'll help. Like it just goes like in one year, out the other. That hit. Um, Yeah. But, um, my older sister, she's been there for me. We've definitely had some moments where even like getting out of the shower was hard and she's been there. So my family definitely took it really well. Well, not well, but in the best way they could have. Right.
0: No, that sounds really, that's incredible. Yeah. That's so yeah. important.
1: Yeah. Especially having your family. I know a lot of kids don't have that. So going to the rink or going to that safe spot they have, it's a big part of their recovery and feeling loved by people that aren't making them feel loved.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, um, my teammates, they were, well, I only, I, didn't, I wasn't close with everyone as you can imagine being an athlete. Right. Um, But I had my close people, and they knew a lot that was going on. And after the email went out, everyone kind of knew my struggles. So for a while, it was like the hood's up, like long pants around, like maybe if no one sees me, they won't be able to, like, judge me, Um, which was a shitty feeling.
0: Yeah, of course. Having
1: to walk into a place and be scared that I was being judged. Um, But even now, I still talk to some of my teammates that – I first reach out to reach out to my best friend. Is actually my best friend's from a year ago. So she was on my team last year. We're still close. We talk every day. So awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. So that's another message I kind of wanted to get out there is that you know, not everyone, the people that matter and the people that love you are gonna be there for you. Your your situation is so unfortunate because I'm sorry because it still it rattles me okay. because. <laughs> Oh, these people are supposed to be there for you, bro. Oh anyway, um you mentioned an outpatient program. I'm not too familiar with that. What, what what was that like?
1: Um, okay, so usually you go to inpatient first and then outpatient. So they kind of transition you, but I wasn't I didn't get to the point where I needed to go to outpatient or inpatient. Sorry, they kind of so I was an outpatient, it's a nine to three program. I'm just there and I talk about my struggles. You go to group. You So group is like, you kind of just talk to everyone about what's going on and how you're feeling and you get feedback, but no one's judging you.
0: Right. Um,
1: and you did like projects like how to like accept yourself, how to, how to live with your depression, anxiety, at school time. So like I got to still do my schoolwork, but I was still taking care of my mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are scared to be like, yeah, I was an outpatient or I was an inpatient. I was in the hospital, but honestly, outpatient probably, it saved my life for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm not ashamed to say that I've been an outpatient and I don't think anyone else should be either because it's like going to get a knee surgery after you tear your ACL, like you shouldn't be ashamed of that either because you're getting help for something that's hurting you.
0: That's such a great way to look at it because like we mentioned before, like mental is just as important as physical. You just can't see it. And it's literally, it's not the same thing, but it's just like getting a physical, having physical recovery. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. So my last question for you, Morgan uh in a time like now with all of the negativity going on in the world it's a lot of it, it's it's hard for us to kind of feel hopeful or see the bright side in life especially those with depression and anxiety and mental illness and especially with the media kindly reminding us time and time again just how <laughs> shitty the world is uh never giving us hey here's some good news um So with that being said, how have you been able to keep hope in a time like now where it seems almost impossible?
1: Honestly, I don't look too far ahead in the future. Um, I plan my, I don't plan my months. I plan my weeks. I plan my days. I make sure I get through the day and I don't worry about the next day until I'm there. Because I feel like for a lot of us, you can ruin today worrying about tomorrow and then you relive it twice. Like, that just, to me, I'm a worrier. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I just feel like you really just have to do, you just have to be yourself. And, hey, if I wake up and I'm having a really shitty day and I need to go back to bed, I'm going to go back to bed. You know? And just take it day by day. And, of course, right now with the election going on and COVID still going around, there's just, it's kind of endless right now. And it's hard to see that we're going to be a a place that we used to be Uh, um, but just keeping hope and having faith in yourself is a big one too. And just giving yourself grace for making it through the day and getting out of bed and eating a good breakfast.
0: Yeah, man. It's so hard to even like go on your phone and be like, Oh, what's the, what's everyone talking about? Uh, Trump. Okay, great. Uh, that's a great point though. Taking it day by day or week by week that I love what you just said. The whole, uh, you, you ruin today by thinking about tomorrow and then live it twice. That is such a great point. I love that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so now I just got some rapid fire questions to kind of finish on a high note. Uh, I hope you're ready. Some people, some people get this really quick, like The other week, the girl I interviewed got it in, like... Yeah, I think I watched
1: that video.
0: With, uh, with Reagan, right? Yeah. She got it so quick, and I was so taken aback. I was like, whoa, hold on. Uh, and then other people have told me to edit it. Because they they take, like, half an hour. And they get, like, genuinely annoyed. Uh, So my first question for you is, what are your top five singers, rappers, or musicians, dead or alive right now?
1: Oh my god. Um, like... (laughs) Oh no um,
0: um, it's a tough question. Okay
1: well I kind of listen to everyone but like country like Dan and Shay mm. um, Sean Mendes. Hey Canadian. Yeah I nice. represent um, right on. <laughs> um, okay that's two. Um, I don't know. I listen to everyone. <laughs>
0: we'll go we'll settle for everyone morgan likes all music people (laughs)
1: yes
0: (laughs) pick five if you're listening pick five people you can think of right now that's her top five um so number two which takes the crown for you in terms of guilty pleasure food because i know i've indulged myself a lot with these two things uh pizza or chicken wings and then i have a question for whichever one you pick oh pizza pizza right on i have three questions for you for pizza um, your favorite pizza joint, your top three toppings to pick, and the big question of this season of my show, does pineapple belong on pizza?
1: Okay, so I like Salerno's, I don't really know if you know what that is, but that's nope. okay. Um, onions, green pepper, and sausage.
0: Ooh, that's a good, Those yeah. three
1: together. Nice. Yeah. And no, Come pineapple on. and pizza, it's just, Come on. no. no. Yes. Did you see the meme where it was like, the guy was like, they ordered pineapple on the pizza and he wrote on the box, he was like, I just couldn't do it and gave <laughs> them $5 back.
0: I saw that. That is so funny. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Well, I think, I think the vote on that question is divided this season. I oh. love pineapple. So I kind of take offense to that but it's fine. I
1: mean, I like pineapple, just none on my pizza. I'm
0: I'm joking. Uh, Yeah, that's a very controversial question. (laughs) Um, I've seen friendships ended based on pineapple on pizza. Um, (laughs) So my next question for you, uh, top three shows or movies that have gotten you through quarantine up until this point.
1: Grey's Anatomy. Mm. Criminal Minds.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, probably just
1: those two. I've right watched Grey's Anatomy the whole thing like four times. And there's like sixteen seasons. <clears throat> oh, and Friends. Friends, friends yeah. Dead. Okay, Things right. To laugh.
0: Right on. Yeah. No, that that's like me with the Office, and I know there oh. there are people out there <laughs> who go ew, but I freaking love the Office, and I read I read a stat or a tweet or something where people who struggle with anxiety and depression often go to shows that they've watched before because they can't handle like waiting and going, what's going to happen next. And that's definitely me with the office because I've seen yeah. it nine times. I know everything that's going to happen and I'm still sitting there like, oh, <laughs> I love this show. <laughs>
1: no, yeah. Like, Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. Um, and then finally, if there's a viewer going through a similar experience to the one that you have gone through, what would you want them to hear? That they're
1: not alone. And that there's other people out there struggling just like them. I mean, you look at it and you think that, you know, I'm the only one in my brain right now. I'm the only one who knows how I'm feeling and no one else is out there like me, but everyone can relate to you. At least there's one person out there who can be like, yeah, I had a really shitty day too. That's how I'm feeling too. And just finding those people and finding people who are going to be like, hey, I'm here for you. It's going to get you through life.
0: Amazing. And with that, we are done. And a little final note for myself. If you're a coach out there and you're listening, first of all, don't use the word burden. You can pick any other word. Don't use that one. Uh, And of course, be there for your athletes. It doesn't, it's not science. It's not rocket science. It's not medical science. It's just be there for them. Have a shoulder for them to lean on and just let them know that, you know, you care about them. That's baseline, what every coach, you need your training at uh, whatever your coach, I'm not going to name drop or anything. <laughs> you you don't know what to do. Now you do. There you go. Signed by Dr. Harry. Boom. Anyway, with that, we are done. Uh, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, your story is an unfortunate one but you know you're doing great things with it and it's really really cool to see um and I'm sure you know you're gonna make a difference with it definitely people need to hear that so uh and to all my viewers I will see you guys next time thank you for watching another episode of the H panel I really appreciate you guys for more episodes of the H panel click this button right here and if you want to subscribe for more videos from myself subscribe is right down below thanks guys